25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks and The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yo, what up? How y'all are? Welcome into the show. I'm Matt, live in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast and friendly service at Farm Bureau. That's what you get. You get to deal with somebody one-on-one, face-to-face. It's really how you want to do business in just about everything. If you could, if you could have it your way, some businesses, I guess certain areas of life, it's not possible to deal with somebody just right down the road. But it is an insurance, and that's the case with your local Farm Bureau agent. Someone you probably already know, they're from the same town you are, go to the same church. Y'all are out to eat together. You know, your kids go to the same school, play on the same t-ball team. That's your local Farm Bureau agent. So give them a chance with your insurance. If you haven't already, you'll be glad you did. Welcome in on a Monday, live in the Farm Bureau studio, staying connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi, C Spire, customer inspired. More on them in a bit. And I'm going to open the Divinity phone line to you, 995-1059. That's a 601 area code. Give me a shout. You want to talk about football? You had some spring football at State this weekend. I got to see it. You had a lot of baseball. Uh, this weekend, State got a sweep at home. Ole Miss dropped a an abbreviated series to Kentucky, and that's a little bit of a surprise. I, I don't, I'm one of those that uh, under no circumstance did I see Ole Miss losing a series at home to Kentucky, but I call it abbreviated because they played two seven-inning games yesterday on Sunday. They couldn't play nine-inning doubleheader. Weather affected a lot of different things, including, more importantly than sports, Weather has really affected a lot of lives in Mississippi. You know, Vicksburg got popped with two tornadoes that came through there within a matter of minutes of each other on, uh, I guess that would be Saturday. Yeah, and did a lot of damage. In fact, there are some pretty sizable relief efforts going on in and around Vicksburg. There are people from all over the state and all over the southeast who are in Vicksburg, a part of the cleanup and um, you know, I, there are a lot of people that are near and dear to me. This is personal. Uh, my family, in-laws uh, living there, some immediate family living there in Vicksburg, know a lot of people there. It's like a second home. feels that way for me. It's where my wife was raised and where she's from. And as I say, my in-laws live there, brother, sister-in-law, and their kids, and know a lot of people there. I really love Vicksburg. In fact, uh, you know that Many people listen to this radio show every night on WVBG Vicksburg. News Talk, you got 1490 and 107.7. And so to everybody on WVBG listening, 
thoughts and prayers are with you. I know it's a really kind of a topsy-turvy situation right now. And later in the show, I'm going to talk with someone who's involved in that, a family member of mine, in fact, who's involved in the cleanup and relief and some of the things going on in and around Vicksburg. So, And then in North Mississippi, um, on Saturday night, late, you had a tornado uh, develop and start touching the ground just southwest of Starkville and the Mississippi State campus, and it was headed right for campus. And then before it got there, it took a little right-hand turn, stayed south, and went east, but then it made its way northeast from there and did a lot of damage and even took some lives up in uh, Monroe County, which is kind of that uh, Amory area. And they've really been pummeled over the years with tornado stuff. And Smithville, as you know, uh, several years ago, back in 2011, really took the took a hard hit. And the tornado uh, took lives then, too. So it was a pretty rough weekend there outside of sports. And that's where a lot of people's heads and hearts are today. And same here. And so we'll touch on that with you a little bit later uh, as well. But I know uh, a lot of people tune in for the uh, relief from um, the everyday grind and get a little sports in, and we'll do that today also. So let me open it up to you now, Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment, Madison, and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer, the number one Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. In fact, they've been doing it better longer than anybody else, the Divinity family. The Divinity phone is 995-1059-601-995-1059. That'll get you in. Love to hear from you on this Monday. You could text the show if you want to text and don't want to talk. I understand that. Also a 601 number, 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN. So text away. The number is 885-3776. So send your text and we'll get it in that way. And you can also tweet me. At Radio Wyatt. At Radio Wyatt. Send your tweet there. It just might make the air. Where do you want to start? Baseball or football? I, I'll, I'll um, I, you know, if you call or text, I'll kind of jump off on whatever it is you want to talk about. But I will tell you that um, I saw all the spring game. I had to do radio for the spring game uh, on Saturday. Mississippi State versus Mississippi State, sort of. It was more like a you know, controlled scrimmage and, and a practice in between. They did some seven-on-seven. Seven. You know, overall, coming out of it, I kind of felt like that uh, Keaton Thompson played pretty well at the quarterback position for State. You know, some people uh, talked a little bit about, you know, the numbers. Uh, I guess, what was he, right at 50% passing on the day? Yeah, he was 9 of 18 106 yards and threw three touchdowns. Kind of what you would expect for a starting quarterback, maybe against his um, his own team. They're going to kind of know what he's doing. Well, I say 106 yards and three TDs and only 18 attempts and just an abbreviated scrimmage, get out on the field, do it. You had so much rain in Starkville on Saturday morning that it really wet the field. It was sloshy and wet. It didn't ever get sloppy. It drained pretty well, but it was wet. And they were throwing a wet football kind of at the beginning. And it wasn't just rain, though. I mean, it was like thunder, lightning, monsoon rain earlier that morning in the Golden Triangle. And it kept a lot of people away. There there were very few people there to watch it. And a lot of it, most of it, weather-related. But people really showed up big for the baseball game. That was the other thing about it is the baseball going on at the same time. They had to move it up because of weather 
So it's kind of a double whammy for the football attendance. They were going to stagger it. Football was going to start early, and then people could go to that and then ease over to baseball like they always do at Super Bulldog weekend. But this weekend they couldn't. Weather was going to be coming in, as you saw on Saturday night. So they moved the baseball game up, make sure they got it in. And so baseball and football both started at 1 o'clock. So anybody who was there went over to the baseball game. And the attendance numbers show that where they have just under or right at 11,000 people for the Saturday baseball game. But then, you know, there are a lot of people who did stay away, I felt like, early on because of the weather. I was driving down from Tupelo, headed south to Starkville on Saturday morning and realized about halfway there, yeah, it's going to be a lot of rain and I don't have an umbrella. But I had time. I thought I would just slip into the Walmart in West Point and buy an umbrella. And as I parked in the parking lot there, Walmart, the bottom fell out. Just, I mean, it's, I'm parked sitting still. I can't see 10 feet in front of me. It's raining so hard. I thought, well, I'll wait on it. Well, it never slowed up. So I got out and ran into Walmart through the rain, got wet, soaking wet, to buy an umbrella. Now tell me if that makes any sense. It's backward. Makes no sense. <laughs> But I did need it on part of my walk. I had to walk you know, from you know baseball, parking, over to football. Um, yeah, so I felt like weather kind of played a factor. Now, back to the game itself, Keaton Thompson, 9 for 18, 106 yards and three TDs, and he had three drops by receivers right off the bat. In fact, his first throw of the game was a strike and hit the receiver right in the belly, and he dropped it. Uh, maybe about his third or fourth throw of the game, he hits a tight end in the hands, and he dropped it. And later, there was another drop. So um, all in all, I felt like he he played pretty well, you know. Woulda, coulda, shoulda been, you know, between 50 60%, 106 yards, three TDs, threw it pretty well. thing about Keaton is he never put a ball in harm's way, never threw one that um, got picked. I think he had one throw that got batted down by a defender, but for the most part, all the right reads, putting it in the right places, maybe an overthrow or two. On a sideline, one of his overthrows, his foot slipped out from under him, and it's hard to really kind of blame him for that, playing on a wet field. But I thought he was pretty sharp. Kylan Hill, they only gave him nine carries in the game, but he goes 47 yards and a TD, averaged over five yards a carry, had a long run of 15. And Kylan is a feature back. Everything will be built around him on the offense, I feel like, going into next year. And so there was no need to get him any more carries than that. In fact, nine seemed like a lot, knowing that he will be the bell cow of your offense. Offensive line for State is going to be really good. Again, and you can just kind of see when you glance out there and watch them play in the scrimmage in the spring game Saturday that with Daryl Williams moving from one of the guard spots over to center, they're just going to be fine. As long as they're healthy, they're going to be fine. You know, they've got depth at tackle. Uh, Phillips and Champion and and Island, all those guys have played a lot of football at tackle, and they're very capable and talented. They've got good depth, I feel like, at guard. You know, Story and some of those guys who've played a lot of football. Yes, you are replacing two really good ones, but I think they're going to be fine on that offensive line. They look to be really good. they got all the right makeup on the offensive line and have some depth. So the pieces are there. It's just a matter of throwing and catching. So I mentioned the drops, and that was kind of really the only negative. Yes, it was a wet day. The ball was wet. But in game situations, you never use that as an excuse in football. 
And I didn't catch it because the ball was wet. Well, maybe that's reality, but you still have to catch it. That's reality also. So nobody will ever let you use it as an excuse. Same thing with throwing a ball. Well, it's wet. Well, you still have to throw it where your guy can catch it. The other team has to play with a wet ball too. <laughs> so there's just no excuses there. And so that's really the thing. They can really um, they show they had a long way to go. Got to improve on the throwing and the catching. And that's something that any football team, from high school to the NFL, any football team, you don't improve your throwing and catching, the throw-to-catch rate, the on-target-to-catch rate. You do not improve that with organized practice. You improve it by doing it on your own time. And for a college team, May, June, and July. I'm just telling you, I don't care who you are. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how highly recruited. The continuity between quarterback and receiver and improving the target-to-catch rate in live action That work is done, and it happens in May, June, and July. And it's quarterbacks and receivers throwing and catching and throwing and catching and throwing and catching until they are absolutely sick of it, until the coaches come and tell you, hey, you're doing this too much. That's how you improve it. Listen up, high school football teams, listen to me. I know I sound like old, washed-up, get-off-my-lawn coach. I know that's what I sound like. I don't care what it sounds like because I'm telling you the truth. The truth is the truth. (laughs) If you're a high school football team and you want to throw and catch better as a team come fall on Friday night, you know when you have to work on it? In May and June and July. Just about every day. As often as you can get together. Because if you don't, if you don't, Somebody else is, and they will improve faster than you will. You have to do it on your own time, period. And when the fall rolls around, you can tell the teams that have done that the most and who have done it the most consistently. You can tell. Watch them play. You can tell. You can also tell the ones who haven't. And it's up to quarterback and receiver to take the initiative. And so you get better at that kind of thing in the offseason. Instead, you'll need to get better. Um, offensively, some high points for State in their spring game Saturday after watching it. Of course, I mentioned Kylan Hill. He's uh, looks apart. Offensive line good. I think a name that it's time for everybody to pay attention to, and this is kind of a it's sort of I mean an early limb for me to go out on, but I'm just telling you, I see it, and if everything stays in line, this young tight end at State named Jaquarius Spivey. I think he wears number 11. I think that's his roster number. And the other day they, they put different jerseys on him, you know, or a jersey on top of a jersey sort of thing. Anyway, he's huge, 6'5", and about 245, 250 pounds. He's coming out of a redshirt year at tight end. He did, did not play last year. He is the same age as another tight end, Brad Cumbust, who's right now the DH for the baseball team. But, yeah, Jaquarius Spivey, 6'5", 250, redshirt freshman, went to Richwood High School, Monroe, Louisiana. And I'm telling you, I just see it. 
Go watch him practice. Why he caught one ball, but watch him run routes. I went back and watched it again. Um, upside through the roof. He has the ability and the to catch a lot of passes in the NFL one of these days. And so you need to be excited about him. I know the team is. And it's just a matter of like how quickly and then schematically how do you make a tight end kind of a focal point of your pass game. That'll be one thing they'll try to figure out next year. But he really impressed me. Really, really did. And I I don't think that um, Stephen Gidry right now looks like your number one receiver. Now, he may be in the fall and he'll be a senior. Sometimes another year for the JUCO guys can be big. But right now, to me, Devontae Jason, he wears number three. He'll be a sophomore out of Louisiana with the same high school as Keaton Thompson. His nickname is WAP, W-H-O-P. You'll hear them, he'll, you'll hear him referred to as that. I think Devontae Jason looks like your number one receiver. He just has that look. He caught a ball in traffic for a big first down on a third and long situation where he knew he was going to get hit sort of thing, and he just goes up and makes a catch. He has that look to me as your number one. They just need more of him. They really do. They got to get Williams and Mitchell and obviously Gidry and those guys going. And that's how it'll happen. Uh, they need more of them, though. And recruiting, you can't. It's one thing you can't speed it up. You can't speed it up. I'm getting a text here back to my point about receivers and quarterbacks that you you get that done in the off season. Uh, getting a text here that that's how Gardner Minshew won the job and ultimately won the team over at Washington State is that he took the initiative, quarterback always has to, and would call receivers and get them out there. And basically, you conduct practices. I did it 25 years ago. Is it that long? <laughs> yeah. 20. All right, I was in school 20 years ago. Yeah, I mean, I did it. Um, Back then, we maybe didn't know what we were doing. And... I wasn't worth a flip. But when I did get it around a receiver, they caught it. And we worked their butts off together. Our receivers worked their tails off in the offseason back in the late 90s. And go back and watch those teams. Very rarely did we put it in the air. But when we did, they came down with it. And we're tough. And we didn't have an issue with drops. And, boy, they didn't have any at Washington State, did they? And that's a deal. You know, Minshew... Takes the initiative in May, June, and July, mature and understands. Man, if we just do what they're asking us to do, they have time constraints, then we're doing no more than anybody else is. Every school in the country's coaches require their players, you know, to give them the maximum amount of time in terms of practice they can get out of them. Everybody's going to do that. But what's going to separate you from the other teams? Well, it's the time you're going to spend doing it on your own. And Roll your eyes, whatever. But again, there's your prime example. Gardner Minshew is about to play in the NFL. Okay, under-recruited out of high school. Keep at it, keep at it. Know what you can do. Keep working. Just outwork everybody. Find the right place. Go to Washington State. Outwork everybody. Develop that continuity knowing it's going to pay off. It's a great lesson for, for any team out there. It's a great lesson for young quarterbacks in high school. That's what I'm telling you. Every single time. 
Wait until late October. Find me a team that's throwing the ball successfully. And I don't care if they throw it 15 times a game or 50. Find me the ones that have a really high target-to-catch rate. Meaning, when the ball's on target, how often are they catching a football? Yes, talent will have something to do with it. But find those teams for me in high school football, and guess what? Ask them, and every time you'll find a group of players, quarterbacks, receivers, who spent time on their own consistently organizing their own throwing practice in the summer when coaches couldn't do it or aren't allowed to. And I know in high school now you get a whole offseason and you know the, the summer stuff of the seven-on-seven seven stuff. But the ones who take charge of it on their own, they're the ones who throw and catch. The ones who don't throw and catch don't do it on their own like they're supposed to. Every time. All right, defensively in the scrimmage on Saturday, State was uh, what you would expect to. And I was kind of encouraged. You know, you lose so much on that side of the ball from a talent standpoint. And so you're going to the scrimmage thinking, I'm not going to see Montez Sweat, Jeffrey Simmons, or Jonathan Abram out there. Those three guys may go in the first round this month. But there's some players there. Now, they, they, they have depth. They have some guys hurt. But the back end of that defense especially is – Really, really good. They are in no ways uh, devoid of talent or players. They got some more first-rounders running around out there, too. Brian Cole, one of those. So um, I think State's going to have a chance to be good on defense. As good? I don't know. But they got a chance to be good again on defense. You can just see it. Baseball. It's coming up. That's what you tuned in for. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Here I am. I'm with y'all. Welcome back. Back in the studio, the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. Hey, Roger, how was your weekend? Yeah, pretty good. Got to go check out some live music over there in Vicksburg before all heck broke loose over there. Oh, yeah? Who'd you see? Oh, I saw uh, Frenchie and the Blues Destroyers with a friend of mine who okay. knows the guys in the band. What a at great the, at a wonderful place called uh, the Cottonwood Public House. Okay. You got a microbrewery in there and pizza, and it's a really great uh, atmosphere. What's it called again? The Cottonwood Public House. It's right. over there on, uh, I want to say Washington, down in the, the Brick Streets area there. Yeah. So it's downtown, right on the water. I I guess so. I, it was dark, but I, but on my according to my GPS, there was a, a body of water immediately to my left as I left <laughs> there. So. Okay. I got you. Yeah. Cottonwood. And all roads were downhill. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, you were close to the water. Cottonwood what? Public House. Public House. I know I'd asked you three times. That's how long it takes for me to get some. Okay. Hey, We're, Jake Wimberly, if you're listening, go over there and sell them some advertising. Yeah. Head on over there, Jake. <laughs> you folks in Vicksburg will know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. As Bo puts it, there was a lot of talent there. There was, huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Cottonwood Public House. We'll have to see. Uh, I headed to Vicksburg this weekend. Coming up in just a bit, I'm going to chat with somebody in Vicksburg. Actually, my father-in-law, Mr. Winky Freeman, and he is – uh, one of the many, many people that are involved with some of the cleanup 
restoration and recovery efforts that are going on here on Monday in Vicksburg because of those tornadoes. There were two different tornadoes that came swinging through there on Saturday and did a bunch of damage. One came through. Let me see if I can get this right. I think they said one came through uh, north, a little farther north on I-20 up there towards the military park and did some damage up that way. And then the second one came down there in that area where you have the intersection of I-20 and, and Highway 61, went through that Pemberton shopping area where Kroger and stuff is. and I drove all through that. Yeah, you were right yeah, Friday there. Friday night, yeah. Yeah, and so the very next day it came through there. So anyway, we'll we'll talk with Mr. Freeman a little bit later and kind of just see what it's like and what they've got going on if anybody wants to help. Because we have so many people who listen to this show on WVBG in Vicksburg, 107.7 and 1490 AM News Talk. And so to all the Vicksburgians, we're thinking about you. We'll see if we can help in some kind of way. And um, Could have been a lot worse, though. Happy about that. You know, we are often asked to help folks, you know, down in Florida or on the coast. It's uh yeah. it's time to help our help our neighbors here. That's right. So we'll 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 see how we can jump in and do that. All right. Um the text line. I got Gator Nation, more cowbell, and an unnamed texter who hit me up just a bit ago. And I'm gonna jump into it right now. You want to text the show, you can eight eight five ESPN or eight eight five three seven seven six. Gator Nation says, he's talking about the Gators now, he says, softball looking good, but what's wrong with the baseball team? We aren't even ranked. Can you tell me, Matt, signed Gator Nation? Well, what I have for you, I don't have all the answers. I just know that um, against the better teams, you're just non-competitive. Now, you just took two out of three from South Carolina, but gave up some runs. You know, that's a 9-5 to game, a 6-3 to loss, and a 6-4 to win. So it's a pretty competitive series, and Florida's just better. They get two out of three. They're not blowing people away. It's young. That's what it looked like to me. They're replacing so much out of their pitching staff a year ago, learning what it's like life without superstars on the mound right now and and youth and the fact that the SEC will absolutely beat you up. They've been pretty good in the midweek. They have a sweep against Alabama, but we saw Alabama's not very good. Uh, they they were swept by Ole Miss, and that took a lot of wind out of Florida sails, I feel like. Look at the, I mean, Ole Miss scored 12, 16, and 12 against Florida pitching, which is just unheard of. Uh, they were swept by Vanderbilt, lost two out of three at home to Mississippi State. So they've been bad on the road, and they've been average at home. They're just not quite the same. Uh, so it's a rebuild year a little bit for Florida. Again, though, they're super talented, so who knows? You get in the postseason, anything can happen. Baseball is crazy like that. Somebody texted me a little bit ago and said uh, that they read a tweet from Joe Moorhead right as I was telling the story about my umbrella. What was the tweet, though? I don't know what the tweet was. you got to clue me in on that. He followed it up with a question. He said, what are we going to do about our wide receivers? Well, nothing you can do, but go sign them. I think they missed out on one or two maybe in recruiting, but they they did sign some others. Um, They got a young guy, Gardner, who's coming out of a red shirt, I believe, who had a good spring. They've got some size. They do have ability. Gidry was a highly recruited player. It just hasn't quite – never did quite pop for him last year. The continuity was not there in the past game. I I tend to think they have a few options, and I think that – 
to me, Devontae Jason is the next star for them at wide receiver. He's To me, he looks like their number one receiver, the way he catches a ball and runs routes. And he showed a little flash of that in the spring game. But, you know, last year he was a true freshman. And so this year will be a sophomore and, and a little bit more ready to to be a, you know, a part of what they're doing. They're really talented at tight end, but it's just a matter of recruiting. You can't speed it up. You get the right guys, you got to develop the ones you have. More cowbell hit me up with three or four texts uh, here in a short period of time. And it said, hey, Matt, hope you all had a good weekend. I feel like State has found their new Sunday starter in Peyton Plumley. I know it was against, and then I think it went on to say that it was against uh, the worst team in the SEC West. But he also had a pretty good outing last weekend as well. He did against Tennessee. had a good outing, just that one mistake. And you uh, wanted to know my thoughts. And you say, by the way, are you not on the SEC Plus broadcast with Bart? Yeah, uh, I still do some of that. Still got some games left. I was supposed to do... Friday and Saturday, baseball for State versus Alabama. But Friday night, we switched it around because I needed to be at my church to watch my wife and daughter in the passion play where they kind of act out and and recreate and and dramatize, you know, for you to be able to sit and watch the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. And so they were both in that. I wanted to see it on Friday night. I'd been out of town all week. And so Charlie Winfield was able to do it. And then what happened is then on Friday, late Friday, they moved the Saturday baseball game up to the same start time as football. Well, obviously I can't be in two places at once, so I did football on the radio. And Bart and Charlie did baseball on SEC+. Um, so that's how that went. Yeah, State swept Alabama, and you're right. Plumley does look, to me anyway, I think to others, he just looks solidified in that, that third starter role for Mississippi State. It's obviously Ethan Small and a healthy JT Ginn. Ginn able to throw four innings in a start, looked like himself again yesterday in the Sunday game, and so that's good news for State. But I think Plumlee, to answer your question more, Cowbell, I, I feel like you. I think Plumlee is solidly your third starter, and then it's a matter of other guys uh, pitching well beyond that. Riley Self out of the bullpen starting to look like himself again, which is good news for State. Sometimes, though, it's a hard, it's hard to take a whole lot away, you know, just because Alabama's not good. They're not. Now, State didn't struggle with them at all. They absolutely dominated the series. Just absolutely dominated the series. Outscored them 28-4. to I get that right? Yeah. 28-4 to on the weekend. 6-0, to 9-1, to and 13-3. to Wasn't close. It was... So... When State plays like they're capable of, that's what you get against the Alabamas of the world if they dominate them, and they did. But sometimes it's hard to take a whole lot away from it. And the stretch that's coming up is about to be murderer's row. State has been so good, though. They lead the SEC right now. The first league team to 30-plus. I think they... Yeah, they're at the top of the league at 10-5 and tied with Georgia at the halfway point of the SEC season. But what's coming next is a tough, tough finishing stretch. I promise you that. Three of the next four series on the road. Is that right? Three of the four? Yeah. So plenty of time to get into that. Let's talk about Vicksburg and what they're going through. We'll do that next on the Divinity Phone. I'm Matt. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. 
back on the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Roger, I'm trying my best to type in the right number there, but I may have given you the wrong one. It seems like it put in an old one. You see the one for Mr. Freeman there? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do I, do I need to call that one? Yeah, the one for Winky Freeman, yeah. Oh, there yeah. It is. We're not calling Bruce today. No, no Bruce was last week. Bruce DeVinny over at... <laughs> you and Bruce have really struck up a friendship. It was one <laughs> It was one of those copy and paste things where like I pasted I thought I copied the one in and when I pasted it it was the number from last week. How's that happen? That's weird. Yeah, the number from last week, Bruce Devenny at Devenny Equipment. They had their Kubota Field event went really well and appreciate every every single one of you that uh, you were able to go by and see them, take advantage of the discounts. Uh today they're going to draw and give away the Orca Cooler. I don't know if the giveaway on the 850 has been announced, but as soon as I get that info, I'll pass it along to you. Uh, right now, though, uh, I was going to just give you a quick update. I want you to kind of be aware. We all need to be aware. And since there are so many people in this area, obviously Jackson and surrounding areas on uh, 105.9 The Zone, but also to this show um not only on the zone, but on WVBG Vicksburg, 107.7 and 1490. Great station who so kindly carry this show in Vicksburg every night. There was a lot of tornado damage. They're still in the middle right now, the cleanup in Vicksburg. Jeremy, I got your tweet, showed me what the radar looked like as a couple of different tornadoes went through. And right now on the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment, Madison and Jackson, is actually my father-in-law, uh, Winky Freeman from Vicksburg, who's involved with some of the recovery. And uh, Winky, I appreciate some time. I know y'all are busy, and so giving me a few minutes here. But I saw some of the damage around town. There were a lot of trees that had fallen in in homes and stuff. Like, how, how would you describe for us right now what it is like in and around Vicksburg here since Saturday night? Well, there's a whole lot of damage, and like you said, many trees. Unfortunately, there's a lot of big trees down. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are several homes that have trees on them or have gone through them. Uh, there's still a whole lot of power outage right now. Energy's been doing a good job of working, but it's just it was so massive to begin with, it just takes time to work through. Sure. I, I didn't realize there were so since Saturday night, here on Monday, we still have some folks in town who don't have power. Oh, we have several. I, I would say there's probably a few thousand customers, probably. Hmm. I think it, at the height of it, I believe the figure I heard was close to 8,000 customers in Warren County were without power. And there's several subdivisions and businesses without power right now. In terms of starting to clean up recovery for those who have trees you know over their homes which is most important there are some businesses who are damaged and and you know we can talk about that but what's the recovery effort like i know i saw on facebook that first baptist church and some others are organizing and i know you're involved in some of it as well what's the recovery effort like right now that's going on right matt uh we uh have our disaster relief team mm-hmm. activated we are part of the Mississippi Baptist Convention Disaster Relief, and 
since it happened here in Vicksburg, we just offered our church because we still had power and all as a command center. And what we do is we had a group of assessors come down. We have our chainsaw team activated. And a group from Brandon came over yesterday, and they're supposed to be back this morning to help. Okay. And what we do, they go around and see what they can find damage. And the team of assessors lines up jobs for these chainsaw teams to go do. Yesterday, we were one of, at one of our church members' homes and spent really all day long there. He had two massive oak trees about four feet in diameter down across his driveway. Mm. So he couldn't get out. Time, no. He, and, and there are several people with that situation. Yeah. But uh, we spent the better part of yesterday cleaning up his yard, and then we've got other jobs to do today. Okay. Is it is it primarily chainsaw work on trees in terms that's of That's primarily Yeah, that's what we're doing. There's also some what we call in disaster relief blue tarp work mm. where we can get on people's roofs and cover them with blue tarps. Okay. okay. And help them, you know, so they don't have any other other damage with other rain that might come there. Sure. We've also like this morning I was at church and we cooked breakfast for the workers. And then they go out and start working again. And we'll have lunch at the church as well. Okay. And those workers are coming into Vicksburg from all over the state? Uh, right now is mainly just from the Brandon area. Brandon Baptist Church sent mm-hmm. a team over. And then our church. But uh, depending upon how many jobs that we get, we can ask for help from other areas. Okay. Okay. And I know, I know, up in toward the Tupelo area, up in Hamilton, which was hit very bad. Mm. I believe the team from First Baptist Houston, Mississippi, is over there working their chainsaw team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that's right. We, we we go all over the United States to help. Uh, we've got some folks that are up in Nebraska now, doing some mud out from the flooding. Okay. Yeah, it's neat, and and being able to stay connected through. Um, you know that the church and and obviously those uh, lines of communication staying open. I know that there are going to be a lot of people listening, especially live here in the morning of Monday, who might think, "Well, man, I need to help. I need to do something." What what's the best suggestion we could give them? Whether it's you know connecting with a local church or Red Cross, what do you think we ought to tell them to do? Well. It, uh with the Mississippi Baptist Disaster Relief, we have, you know, certifications and credential to do this work. Mm. They could always call the church at uh, or either drop by there okay. and say they're available to help. As long as they go out with a person that is credentialed, we will let them work with us. Okay. Uh, but they have to be with a, cred- a credentialed employee or a person from the uh, disaster relief teams. Okay. And also, you know, if a person, if, Anyone, any party has damage that they need help with, mm. they can come by our church okay. and let us know what's there. We'll send the assessors out, let them look at it, and then we'll assign it to a team to you know help remove the trees or whatever. Right. Okay. If you're tuning in, I'm talking with Winky Freeman of Vicksburg. Uh, he's involved uh, with the recovery effort in and around Vicksburg through his church, which is First Baptist Church, which is right downtown. 
And so if you're just tuning in, what he said is that's just one of many places, but one place you could start would be contacting the church if you want to help. Andrew, you just text me. You're available to help. That's what I'm telling you is yeah, either call First Baptist or go on over, go to the church, and they can talk to you about seeing what you know could be done. Um, North Mississippi got hit as well. Uh, Winky, last thing. Um, so as we sit, weather is about to improve, but I, I would guess that those people that have not had power since Saturday night, it's been cold, downright cold for them. It's been cool here at night. It's, this morning it was in the low 40s. Mm. Uh, but if you're inside your house, you're, you're probably warm enough because the walls block it. Yeah. Uh, I think there may be a chance of thunderstorms on Thursday, so we'll probably try to get as much done between now and then as we can. Sure. And then we have to kind of work with Entergy where they have things grounded or the power cut off before we can get in and uh, try to get a tree removed if it's got wires involved. Sure. That area down there, uh, the Pemberton uh, area where there's that shopping center in Kroger, was was that the hardest hit in town in terms of uh, Maybe in town, it was one of the harder hits. Yeah, okay. But my understanding is the the Openwood subdivision was hit pretty hard, and then out around Tucker Road, okay, which is kind of out toward the uh, public golf course that you've played on before. Yes, right. Uh, okay, so north of there, sort of, north of... Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Right, because I saw one thing, um, I was reading a little bit about it, because it mentioned that one of those tornadoes went through that area up there and and it mentioned the battlefield uh you know the park the military park and i didn't right. know if, i didn't know if it had actually gone through there or just near there um it was pretty near there i hadn't heard of any damages out in the park but i would not be surprised if there were not a lot of trees down because of the straight line winds that we had sure yeah Right. Okay, uh, Winky, I appreciate it. Just wanted to let people know kind of how it was going and how they might get in touch with the church or where to start anyway. And you, yeah, and, and they could also call the emergency management at the courthouse and speak with John Elfer. Okay. Okay. Emergency management All right. there. All right. Thank you so much. Keep at it. We'll talk sure. to you soon. All right. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. That's uh, Winky Freeman. That's actually my father-in-law. He's involved with the uh, recovery effort through First Baptist Church, Vicksburg, or so many others. You could also contact um, uh, emergency management, the courthouse, if you want to get involved and help them out. Because like I say, between now and Thursday is really important for Vicksburg. It's going to rain again on Thursday. At least that's the forecast. That's hour one, hour two coming up. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.